everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am your host, Brandon Cruz, and yeah, this I want to welcome, first of all, my guest today, Mr. Matt Hurt of the Obsessive Viewer and Anthology podcast. Uh, this is actually the first episode I'm, re- I'm recording after the hiatus, and and although there's two, there's an episode or two behind this, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, chronologically, this is the first one coming back. So, and, and I couldn't have asked for a better guest to be on the show to help me do that and get back into the hosting mentality of things. So, thank you, Matt. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And I feel like there's so much pressure now on it. I had no idea that 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 the stakes were that high. So I am, uh, I'm definitely hoping that I can I can make it uh, an acceptable entry point for the post hiatus submitted for your approval recording <laughs> you no know, man like you you're you're solid you you have two solid shows uh, under your belt and you actually you maybe and you'll probably have more eventually i uh, i i have faith in you that you will have like <laughs> 700 shows eventually oh i i don't know if i have the <laughs> i don't know if i have the uh the drive to do that i have ideas but but no two is like my max (laughs) (laughs) yeah well because then like social media and it all starts Mm -hmm. it start all starts adding up it really Uh, does but you you've been on the show before and i thank you again for for helping me out talk about the twilight zone Uh, thank you i'm happy to happy to be on the show it's always it's always a blast and i'm a huge fan of of your podcast so i'm very delighted to be here well thank you so much and and your uh anthology you're not quite to this episode yet but you're you're in your season two are you in season I, two? i am in season two yeah. i uh did have to jump ahead quite a bit in the season to get to this episode for this recording but uh <laughs> but yeah I, I think i've recorded four episodes of season two i've, I've been slacking a little bit because work has been kind of hectic but um i think i've done four or five and uh and this is pretty late this this episode's pretty late in the season so yeah, I'm. Uh, I was really excited to to kind of dip my toes into an episode that's that's later in the show's run. Absolutely, and and you mentioned it. This is episode twenty three of season two. This is a hundred yards over the rim, which originally aired April seventh of nineteen sixty one, starring Mr. Cliff Robertson, who some of you may know as Uncle Ben from Raimi's uh, Spider Man films. And then uh, John Aston, Mr. Sean Aston's dad, who he's in this as well. He plays Charlie. He's in there for a minute. But uh, Cliff, Cliff Robertson is Chris Horn. He's the main character in this. Uh, it's directed by Buzz Kulik, who directed nine episodes of the series, and teleplay by Mr. Rod Serling, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as our synopsis goes, we'll, we'll blaze through this as quickly as we can with my <laughs> predetermined writing style, which may or may not suck. In 1847, a wagon train full of settlers from Ohio are making their way across the barren New Mexico desert. Chris Horn, the leader of the party, decides to go out on his own to search for for water, for food, and he decides to go 100 yards over a sand dune rim. Uh, Once he's over there, he finds the first thing he sees are telephone poles, um, and he's clearly in a far different time where he eventually meets a man and a woman who own a diner in 1961. He sees that they have water, they have running water, they have medicine. All these things are readily available, even in the desert. And eventually he sees a, an encyclopedia where in there 
it shows that his sick son, who uh, is part of the reason he went looking for food and water, actually survives and helps develop medicine. So, rushes back to the past with a reinvigorated hope for the future. Boom. That's it. Well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's it. That's as quick as I could, I could make it. Mm. Uh, so... Having having that out of the way, Mr. Matt, yes. what are your initial thoughts on the episode? Um, so let's see. So my initial thoughts on the episode are that it's uh it's fairly similar to some episodes uh episodes I've seen so far in the first season and the first few episodes of season two. Um it bears quite a bit of a resemblance to episodes like um uh The Last Flight and a little bit of uh, well, I think more of the setting than anything is uh, um I shot an arrow into the air and yeah. uh and uh also oh man, walking distance a little bit. Just a tad. Just any time travel, really any time travel episodes and also ironically execution that I was on for uh to review <laughs> on here. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sensing a pattern. But um, you, you you like you like time travel episodes. That's Oh, that's, oh yeah. That I I picked this one for you because you love time travel nice. and and you know, I, I want I want to make you feel comfortable, Matt. Well, I really appreciate that. That is that is such a great a great host thing for you. You're a much better host than I. <laughs> get get out. Let's let's not let's not flatter. Let's not let's spend time flattering each other. Sure, we're sure. both awesome. Let's just let's go. We are <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, and then so I I kind of when I was watching the episode, I was kind of having those kind of comparisons running in my brain. Kind of, um, kind of involuntarily at, at times so maybe i kind of came at it with too much of an expectation or too much of a maybe i let that influence my opinion a little bit but yeah. i thought that even though i even though i love time travel and i love this type of story um i feel like even though this is only two seasons into the show this the series has already done it quite a bit better than than it does here um not that not that this was a bad episode i just found it kind of um it lacked a certain a certain propulsion to the plot like it kind of felt a little a little stagnant throughout most of it and then when it kind of gets to the climax it's kind of it it doesn't feel as as uh drama filled as as i feel like it should it kind of felt like okay he's just he's running back in time that's that's cool and his his son is developing medicine that's that's cool too yeah. the end it kind of felt a little um kind of felt like it didn't have a dramatic as dramatic a push as as episodes previous uh that that have the same type of uh narrative device to it and that was kind of a bummer but still time travels time travel and i love it so um it was still pretty solid just a little underwhelming to me right right do do you think that so at at the very end of the episode uh cliff robertson goes back over the the sand dune rim and Mm -hmm. he goes back and he's interacting with the family whatever and then like that is the that is the supposed to be like the dramatic end of the episode. Yeah. But then but then it like the the camera goes back over to the future to the present, I should guess, mm-hmm. in 1961 where the man and the woman who own the diner, uh the man finds the gun that Cliff Robertson had dropped and it had turned ancient, right? Yeah. And 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 so do you think part of that that lack of oomph is the way they ordered that scene do you think we needed the man and the woman in the diner oh that's a good point i mean that could be that could be a reason for why they had that i i 
Yeah, because I mean, it kind of seems like everything is pretty much done and everything by the end of uh, by the time he gets back to uh, the past. So, I mean, I can't, I kind of feel like that scene wasn't necessarily needed, but they they kind of seeded it enough to where uh, like they referenced the the gun earlier in the episode. And then I, I liked that as kind of a Twilight Zone, not necessarily twist, but kind of a Twilight Zone ending cap of a scene um kind of similar to the sh- the sand and the shoes in uh in uh, uh king nine will not return right kind of thing at the end um it kind of feels like kind of it kind of felt more like just something the twilight zone does rather than um something that was really uh necessitated by the story to me right yeah i i got you on that i got you yeah. i i would th- yeah there's in the middle of the episode the 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 focus of the episode was on the protagonist on Cliff Robertson uh, mm-hmm. for for half of, half of the episode and then we go to commercial break at some point and then now the the perspective has shifted to the man and the woman talking yeah. to the doctor and mm-hmm. and I I tell me if you uh, agree or disagree but I feel like that shift of perspective kind of took us away from uh, the Cliff Robertson's discovery of of again taking some of that dramatic oomph away yeah i yeah now that you say that i definitely i definitely do agree with that that is definitely one of the um issues i had issues that i think were present in the plotting of it because like you said we it takes away the like we don't we don't actually see him make the discovery in the encyclopedia he just kind of comes out of out of the room and he's like hey check this out and uh they're like oh cool this dude made medicine um he's just like yeah that's my son mic drop but <laughs> i kind of feel like it would have been it would have been much more much more uh interesting if you know we had seen him make that discovery um it would have been much much more dramatic and much better like i made the com- comparison to this being similar to the last flight and the last flight just like that's one of my favorite episodes so far because it has that really in, really um intense uh redemptive arc for the character and it also granted also has uh the backdrop of uh World War 2 to kind of play off of so that can also bring bring out a lot of the dramatic tension and everything but here we just have a guy who just stumbles into the present and then stumbles back to the past it doesn't seem like like in like in the last flight when he um he escapes the um the base and he steals a plane to go to go back to back to the past to save Leadbottom Leadbottom. Um like that's a really in, important and, and really uh dramatic moment. And here we just have this dude running from a store being chased by the police. <laughs> and it's just like there's nothing that's like there's no reason for him to have gone back to the past except that now he has medicine. It just seems kind of seems like there was something missing in the plotting of it to me. Yeah. I I got you, yeah. You know, there's there's a um there's a part of the episode really at the beginning where the big theme is to have a dream and the hope of moving westward west westwardly uh mm-hmm. to California from Ohio because that that's where this wagon train is coming from. Yeah. And and people losing faith and Cliff Robertson's character being the one who's who's still driving everyone forward. Despite Indians attacking and and people dying and starving and and needing water, and in in a way, to me, maybe the the episode didn't do as well as it should have. 
but the the point was for that character it's him seeing the future and seeing the running water and seeing that there's medicine and seeing that this this man and the woman have a history and they're living out in the middle of New Mexico mm-hmm. that his dreams are um they're justified or they yeah. you know he's he's basically has has his evidence that you know what we are trailblazing we are we are the ones who are making the the vision happen and and so yeah it's it's not as it's not as necessarily exciting as last flight mm-hmm. but but to me that that's that's where it was going was yeah you know it's good to have vision and even though we're maybe losing faith in it we just have to keep pushing forward yeah that's yeah that's a really good point that is that is a really good summation of kind of the theme of the episode because we do have that uh really well well written scene at least where the the kind of the uh the rest of the his caravan of of wagoneers and or what have you yeah um uh they are basically telling him like no we we need to go back and they they have that conflict there that's kind of seated at the beginning of the episode and and yeah, it is a good button to have on it to have kind of him have this renewed vigor and this uh, like he his his dreams are justified and he does have this renewed sense of um, uh, of inspiration and and he's really carrying him carrying them forward into something and I can appreciate that and I, I do respect what what the show was going for with it um, I'll probably have to rewatch it a couple times to really see if I if i uh if i really kind of if that's enough for me to to really become a fan of this episode right but uh at this point it's 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 uh it's a good beginning and end and then the middle is problematic yeah yeah i i yeah. agree with that and you know you you brought up a point and you brought up a point a while ago i'll i'll bring it up now but you mentioned last flight uh shot an arrow into the air execution of course mm-hmm. and uh, i also want to throw out because of the book walter jameson oh right? yeah and in a, in a way after you pointed it out i'm like oh that makes sense this is it's it's weirdly a greatest hits of some of some of twilight zones plots <laughs> right it really is yeah <laughs> Uh, you know, in you, you, the jukebox, right? The, yeah, using the jukebox to as a gauge of of this person mm-hmm. not understanding where he is, or uh, you know, like that's that's a cliche of, of the Twilight Zone as well. Mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah, uh, and yeah, that's I, I didn't think about it until you you brought it up, but that's that's absolutely right. Do you think that this is a a, a result of Rod's because he did the teleplay for this as well? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a result of him? just still just pushing content out and trying to get as, as many stories as, as he could. That's, uh, I would hate, I would hate to say that, 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 that could be the case. Cause I feel like that I don't want to, I don't want to disparage the greatness of Rod Serling or anything, but it does seem like I, I would, I would say that I wouldn't expect something like this to come from earlier in the season. So like, uh, like here we're kind of late in the season, it's late in the production um of the show i would not i would not be surprised if it was just kind of um a little bit of a not writer's block but just kind of like a little a little dryness in the creative department um that would result in this because i i think that that would be a a pretty good possibility that it that it was just because you know it's it's late in the production schedule and uh 
maybe running a little bit low on juice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's like as if he was stuck out in the desert and he <laughs> he couldn't see to the future. And he's like, ah, you know, I just gotta have hope. I just gotta keep pushing forward, and I'll write something great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's a metaphor for his creative process, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and he just has to go west a little bit, and he'll find a spring and maybe some game. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, so as far as the the time travel stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had this this thought, and you've seen Donnie Darko. Oh yeah, I'm sure, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And for those who out there who have seen Donnie Darko, and it is it's kind of a confusing it's kind of a confusing movie mm-hmm. first go around. Um, but there's a whole sense of there's there's a kind of a stitch in time that basically Donnie Darko has to fix. Mm-hmm. And everything in, in the movie is him trying to fix things in time to make sure that, that the universe doesn't collapse on itself, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I bring that up because his son is sick at the beginning of the episode. He gets medicine from the future and brings it back and then says to his... And says, uh, Cliff Robertson says, uh, you have a lot of stuff to accomplish. Yeah. Um and and he says earlier in the episode that he's he's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so that reminds me of kind of Donnie Darko. I mean, what what do you what do you think about that thought? Uh yeah, that's one of the things that I kind of latched onto in in terms of the the uh the plot of the episode and everything is that it's the type of time travel story that is about the character having a purpose and a specific reason uh for time traveling and it the comparison that I drew was to uh to Lost, which is one of my favorite things ever. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of that kind of piqued my interest quite a bit. Um, and I and I liked that. That was definitely something that uh definitely resonated with me. Um, but I kind of wish that it was a little bit more utilized, a little bit more. Like if maybe the main drama of the episode was about him feeling like he has this purpose for going back in time, rather than it being somewhat of a throwaway line like i i don't know if it was necessarily a throwaway line but just um kind of feeling like it felt like the confusion over whether over why he was or whether or not he was in the past among the characters um took precedence over the reason for him being uh transported to the past and i think that if they would have made more of an effort to show him feeling this this uh uh, having this feeling of purpose and, and this drive to um, to find the meaning of why he was transported back in time. I think that would have made for a more engaging and dramatic uh, plot for me. But then again, also, they only have 25 minutes to, to really uh, tell the story. So I can I can understand. I'm glad that we got that type mm-hmm. of uh, um, inclusion in the story. But I kind of wish there was a little bit more regardless. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I feel like starting in this season more so, they they start introducing a bunch of different interesting thoughts in in some of these episodes, but they don't necessarily explore any one of them uh, well. So they're doing jack of all trades, but they're not they're not focusing really heavily on on one specific good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's how you get a you know greatest hits of Twilight Zone in in one right. episode. Um, uh, real quick, real quick as an aside, you mentioned Lost. 
Mm-hmm. Look, if you ever do start a third podcast <laughs> and it's and it's about lost, let me know. I will I will help you out with it. Oh, absolutely. I had a uh I had an idea for a lost podcast that was really really involved and would have been <laughs> like way too much work, but as a concept I I don't know. That I mean, that would probably be what I would make a third podcast on, either that or the Dark Tower, but Oh, yeah. 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 You you know what you should do with the Lost Podcast? I'm just going to throw this out there. You should mm-hmm. just do one from the perspective of the Dharma Initiative. You should just do <laughs> a Dharma podcast. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, Matt, any extra any extra thoughts about the episode? Um, yeah, I have one uh, extra thought here. That uh, one thing that I I did really like about the episode and I really appreciated was the scene with the uh, with the semi. Yes. Um, and I liked how he, um, cause, cause like to kind of draw the comparison back to, to the episode, uh, execution, mm-hmm. um, we had a lot of the character, like seeing these horseless carriages and being overwhelmed and just sensory over overload with the present day. But here we get this kind of nice, just one scene moment where he's like almost run over by a, like a huge semi and then when he when he goes to the diner, he mentions it. Uh, but it's it's really uh, well done. I, I really appreciated how they handled that because he just sees it as a monster, and he says that a monster was chasing him, and that he was almost he was almost destroyed by a monster. And I thought that was that was a cool like um, not necessarily under the radar, but kind of a low key time travel um, uh, thing to throw into the episode that it's not, it didn't take precedence over everything. Cause like you said, this is kind of a greatest, greatest hits episode, but it was, it was there. And I, I appreciated that as a fan of time travel stories. Yeah. In uh, you with execution again, the horseless carriage. And I, I don't know in many time travel stories where somebody comes from the past and refers to, uh, a car or a truck as a monster necessarily. Yeah. I can't think of any. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's a good point. That's, that's really interesting, uh, that, that he wouldn't think it was a, a human thing that he just thought it was a gigantic monster on this road. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have, I have a, speaking of roads at the very mm-hmm. end, he says, uh, talking to Charlie again, Mm-hmm. He's, he mentions highways, highways, and I don't know if that's a an anachronism or not. I had the same thought because I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I kind of feel like that. It, well, I don't know because I kind of, I kind of feel like that is a little that almost can't be a an anachronism just because i mean that's a pretty big one if it is but yeah. i don't know if like in in the old west did they was like the word highway did it right like, <laughs> like what's the like, etymology <laughs> like like in ohio in 1847 where mm-hmm. they're like yeah i gotta go to the 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 farmer's market gonna take the highway and the byway right yeah, I, that I had that that thought, and it was it was so weird to me. It, it's like him saying, "Oh, and there's going to be airplanes and the yeah. internet, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense, there, Cliff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That that uh, that would be that would be 
That'd be hilarious if you would have said that. <laughs> uh, <we> yeah. <laughs> uh, fi- final thought. Uh, w- w- overall, it's a greatest hits episode, mm-hmm. and like many greatest hits, you know there there's pluses and minuses. What do you rate this greatest hits episode? I would rate this. My initial rating would be six but since it's time travel i gotta give it another 0.5 just just because i love that device <laughs> so i would say uh 6.5 old uh 6.5 hundred year old rifles found in the desert out of 10 <laughs> nice nice <laughs> uh, i'm going to give it i'm going to give it a seven and a half yards over the rim nice out nice of, <laughs> out of 10 <laughs> very nice uh, there, there's part of me as a as a father that I don't know what what happened. I had a kid, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, when there's stories about a, a father and a son, mm-hmm. that it it boosts it up a little bit. That it may, like makes me want to cry, even if it's like a mm-hmm. really bad movie. <laughs> um, so so I give I give it a, a, extra points for that, and also time travel because I love time travel as well. Yeah, I can definitely I can definitely respect that. Um, for sure. Now it's and I'm not a father, so, uh, I don't, I don't get that, get that nudge there, but all I'll say is if that kid was a cat, then this could have been a <laughs> 10 out of 10 episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when the twilight zone inevitably gets remade mm-hmm. and then they do this episode again, I want you <laughs> to try to, to position yourself as a writer on the show mm-hmm. and change it to cats. <laughs> yes. Just- <laughs> A hundred cats <laughs> over the rim. Oh yeah, I I will get working on that. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I have a purpose that I'm I'm meant to do that. So yeah, the the cat <laughs> light zone. That's stupid. That's a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, all right, <laughs> the uh, the Twilight meown <laughs> meown. I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, for for those out there listening, you know, send send me a tweet. And let me know what it should be. It should be the yes. cat light zone or the twilight meown. meown. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, how how can how can people find you? I just said I just said my Twitter, but sure. how can people find you? Sure, they can find me on Twitter at obsessive viewer, um, and yeah, they can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash anthologypod and. Uh, also, facebook.com slash the obsessive viewers for the obsessive viewer podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. And normally just uh, check me out on Twitter at obsessive viewer. Excellent, excellent. Yes. Yeah. And, and everybody, make sure you go out and, and, and check out his shows. They are really good. Oh, and, thank you. And Matt, thank you again for coming on the show. My We're, pleasure. You made this trip back from the hiatus, 100 years over the hiatus, uh, a smashing <laughs> success. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. I hope I hope the listeners agree too because <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm constantly full of doubt in everything that I do. So <laughs> uh imposter syndrome all around. Oh yeah. Let's oh yeah. <laughs> and that'll uh, be the fourth podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the imposter syndrome cast featuring <laughs> all podcasters everywhere. Exactly. Uh, all right well uh, for for those of you out there you there's a few ways you can get hold of me uh i'm facebook.com s4oa podcast instagram s4oa underscore podcast twitter s4oa underscore podcast email s4oa podcast at gmail.com uh website i'm at apatheticenthusiasm.com slash submitted dash for your dash approval 
Uh, and then, of course, head out to iTunes. Let me know if you think the show is great or bad. Either way, it helps me improve the content. So, again, thank you, Matt, for coming on. And, yeah. Thank until, you. <laughs> until, until next time we talk, Matt. Oh, yes. This is, uh, this is what? Submit, this submit of your approval. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>